All right, New River Valley, welcome back. This is Mark Tapp. I'm here with Keith Weltons. You went with the slow version. I didn't know there were two versions. Yeah, that's the the Darius Rucker version is the one that is more it's far more. That is like something medicine show old, or whatever. Old Crow medicine show. Yeah, old Crow. That one is the original, the original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, uh, that's fine. <laughs> it kind of actually suits. Well, I mean, you can see who this, the music was originally written for. Right, the fact yeah, yeah. that it was adapted to other formats is is just simply the song was good enough to do it. No yeah. different than today you have um, your boy fast car, your boy singing fast car. Yeah, you know Josh went uh, I have to that concert to, to not like that version, and I'm still fighting it. All right. Now, now did you like this, the song if, if when I it came out when, uh, when Tracy, Tracy Chapman, Chapman did, it? did it the first time? Yeah, yeah, I know, so did I. Yeah, and so it's it's like a lot of things. The unfortunate problem is, is the older you get, because mm-hmm. you have reference points, mm-hmm. you start to sound like I remember when, or that's not as good of, or <laughs> right. that's not the way we did it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think so. It's I don't okay. want to be that person. My wife said she said so. <laughs> Do like but when him, was man? when was Luke Combs a checkout girl? Oh yeah, because he's singing <laughs> he his. Yeah, uh, I. I st- I, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I, you know, when a when a guy's singing a girl's song or or the mm-hmm. other way, and they don't change the lyrics, I know to reflect the their gender. Right. It, it's a little bit weird to me. It is, but I do like the fact. I do like the uh, so like we're, so. Robin, what we're, we're talking about here is songs. <laughs> I got that. Okay. I got, I got and, that. and so how everything that's different is the same and there's trends and but at the core is someone's willingness to accept uh what it is for what it is it's still some sort of an art form and is it pleasant on the ears or as uh, my favorite quote by Nelly all the time when he was called a sellout because he started. So do you know who Nelly is? No. Okay. So Nelly is a rapper and um, he started to um, work with other artists, both rock and country. And he would rap a little bit in their songs, but that would be their music. And he started being called a sellout by people in the music and he's selling out by his original followers by his, his original followers, fans by his fans and by more more than the original fans the critics right who said oh how dare you you're t- you're switching from your art form to someone else's and they said it was called a sellout and he says you're right i sell out everywhere i go right yeah. and his point was for me um you can say what you want but you can't box me in right i'm more than just what you think so I'm not just a rapper. I'm, I'm more than that. I can be other things. He used to be a professional baseball player. Yeah. And so he's like, listen, Major League Baseball doesn't think I'm a sellout because I'm not playing baseball anymore. Major League Baseball didn't want me. They said, you're not good enough to continue to play. So he he did something. So he's, he sells out. So what we're talking about now is Luke Combs. Do you know who Luke Combs is? No. All right. He's a country singer. Big time country singer. Yeah. And he, Do you know who Tracy Chapman is? Yes, and and do you know the song "Fast Car"? She I've probably, probably her most, heard it. Yeah, yeah. it's probably her most. You got fast. a fast car. Yeah. Is it fast enough that we can fly? Well, you know that song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can make a decision. Not sung that way, yeah, but yes. Keith. Uh, so, so maybe this will change your mind. 
Okay. Uh, so Josh went to the concert. Yeah. Josh is one of our I know this part. What I know that and I heard it on the radio. So I struggled like you did, too. Mm. And now I didn't know any of the story. I just I just felt like, okay, well, number one, Luke Combs is a great songwriter. He doesn't need anybody else's right. song. So why is he doing it? He's from he, he was on American Idol and didn't win, by the way. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but the the story goes that uh, when so when Luke was in the concert and he was singing the song, yeah. he said, "This was my favorite song growing up." Right. And when I I used to ride in the truck with my dad and listen to this right. song. So so that changes it for me. Sure, I like Luke, and suddenly I like him a little bit more mm-hmm. because he's willing to just say, "Hey, listen, I like this song. I'm going to sing it because I like it." That's right, uh, and. And I hope you like it with me. Yeah, and it's my understanding the whole place sang it yeah. with him. In fact, I think he brought people up on the stage. Awesome. Like, I think a couple hundred people and said, help sing it. Like, mm-hmm. get everyone involved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for what. But what I'm trying to get at is there's very few songs that are done by somebody else that I like better than the original. Yeah. One is, um, and I can't remember the name of the group, Um might be medicine something now that we think about it but it was uh the song spirit in the sky mm-hmm. going on up to the spirit that that was redone in the 80s and i know it went to number one it was like maybe 10 in the u.s but the rest of the world ate it up yeah and then there was a song um uh by uh oh gosh the song oh where oh where can my baby be mm-hmm. um, and it was redone by um the group out of uh, Seattle Pearl Jam redone by Pearl Jam oh i remember that delectable song. Yeah. yep oh my gosh that song is so good and on my vacation the driver who didn't speak english he 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 was playing only english songs and he had his thing up and he so that all the words and he, he told me it. he was sing well he's learning english through american rock songs yeah. and that was one that came up and he's like i love this song and he would say it in his phone and then it would come in in english and, and from spanish to english but my point is he loved it too yeah yeah so that was that we ready to introduce our guest so i am so uh, rob and i'm sitting here thinking how am i going to segue <laughs> Into uh, caregiving and mental uh, personality coach, consultant. Do we have enough personality? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I do both. Okay, good. So, Robin, we've got Robin Weeks here in the studio. Um, She's here to talk about uh, um, a venture called My Pivotal Point. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably talk about some other stuff with you as well, Robin, because uh, you've got a number of things going on, and I think it all sort of lends to the, 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 the subject that we're going to talk about today. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Hi, I'm Robin Weeks. I am the owner of My Pivotal Point. It's a leadership training and coaching company. And in 2021, I also started a line of services supporting caregivers of aging parents. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and this is probably not Unlike many things in life, uh, you went through, you were a caregiver for your mom. Yes. For six years? Six plus. Yeah. 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 Uh, and when you kind of emerged on the other end of that, you you recognized that there was a need for um, assistance to caregivers. And so you created this project. And so kind of 
can you outline what yeah. it looks like for Absolutely, us? yeah. So um, as many caregivers, I, I began actually really caring for my mother as my father was dying from mm-hmm. a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lived a state away. And so I was frequently going to visit with her and do things for her and see my dad. Yeah. Um, he died. Um, at the same time, my older brother died. And mm-hmm. I continued my once-a-month visits to my mother a state away. And it occurred to me at some point that things were not getting done around her apartment, and she just she was lonely, she was sad, she was grieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved her here to Virginia to an assisted living facility, and I spent the next six years um, caring for her. So, uh, yeah. was she? Did she willingly come? Um, it was kind of 50-50, I'd say. I think that I hit her at a weak point. She had come out of the hospital, um, and I had the conversation with her. And, and I intentionally <laughs> did it at that point in time yeah. because she was feeling very needy. Mm-hmm. And I She said, needed hey. a life preserver. She definitely did, yeah. And I, I said, hey, you know, I've got this great place near me, and, and you'd be 30 minutes from my house, and you come. I have a farm. I said, you can come out to the farm on the weekends, mm-hmm. and we can have some time together. And she agreed. Yeah. So that's, that was easier than I expected it to be. Although It's kind of cheating, though, because you know, you know psychology. Yeah, well. <laughs> Learned it. Learned it real yeah. quick. <laughs> so what happened was. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it happened. Well, you know, I actually tell the caregivers I work with to use a tactic like that because that's a hard conversation. All right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to time your conversations that are difficult for when they can have the best outcome. Isn't it funny that we uh, – so that conversation usually – it usually occurs way late in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as an individual, e- each one of us has an entire lifetime to kind of ponder how that conversation is going to go. Yeah. Right. And we know it's coming. We, I mean, obviously, we've got a couple options. One, one is we pass away before we even need care. Correct. Right. But the other one's pretty much we're going to need care at some point. Right. Yeah. And we all try to take care of ourselves so that we actually – that's the plan. Yeah. That that we're not going to have some sort of a major medical issue that takes us well before what is deemed our time. Yeah. Right. So we say, well, our time is I want to live blank. And so you work hard for it. Well, when when that happens, it means by the way, your support staff gets older with you. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody is frozen in time. Mom doesn't just get older. We do too. Exactly. So part of my process in, in starting this line of services uh, for caregivers, it was that I was meeting them in my leadership training classes, and they were they were coming into the classes stressed out, mm. and, and uh, they knew I was caring for my mother, and we would have offside conversations mm-hmm. about how to how I could support them because sure. I I was going through this, yeah, um, and I had some answers, and so part of what I do now with the with the caregiving services that I started after my mother died. Um, is to be proactive. As you just said, we're all getting older. Mm-hmm. We're getting older. Our parents are getting older. And don't wait for the chaos of a crisis to throw you into this role because then you're really in deep, deep, deep trouble. Yeah. yeah. Mud up to your waist. Yeah. <laughs> because, and, and it's hard to think clearly 
oh, at that point. Absolutely. Nobody yeah. thinks clearly at that point because it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, no one thinks it's very difficult during that po- moment to find the good in any decision. True. Right? Which is when you can step far enough back, you see that it is a puzzle and you actually have the box to put the puzzle together. During the crisis, there's no box. It's still a puzzle, but you're like, we don't have time True. to sit here and try to figure out what this is going to look like. It's just grab any piece and connect it. Yeah. And then we'll figure out what it looks like when we're done. And as I said, because you don't even have the box, you don't even know what you put together if it's the right thing. Right. And then you end up going backwards and undoing decisions Correct. and undoing things. And then you have a bigger mess to deal with. Correct. And one of, one of the things that so many people don't want to think about is end of life. And sure. do I have a living will? And do I have all my documents in place? And do my adult children know where all those things are? Because right. if there is a crisis, yep. they're going to need that. Yep. And, and that's one of the other... Uh, counseling services that I offer to my caregivers is getting prepared, being mm-hmm. proactive, having those tough conversations with your parents. But are you doing it for yourself? Yeah. I did all mine during COVID. Yeah. COVID woke me up. I'm like, I'm getting all my stuff in order. Sure. <laughs> it's all done. Right. So yeah. if I die tomorrow or today going home, my stuff's done. Right. You know? Everybody knows. And it's not hard. Yeah. It's not it's not scary. It's just it's legal stuff you gotta take care of. Right. I think we take a quick break. Yeah. And then we've got some other uh, important life questions for our guest. You Sounds great. You are listening to AM Hodgepodge, and we've got Robin Weeks in the studio with My Pivotal Point.